welcome to episode 42 of the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with Dave McDonald. He um, he has a podcast called High Stakes Heat and a website called at uh, rotosaurus.com. Where, um, yeah, Dave, how you doing? Why do you talk about those two items? I'm uh, doing good, Zach. Um, well, High Stakes Heat is uh, a podcast that my friend Jake and I both play uh, high stakes, a lot of NFBC and other high stakes leagues. Uh, we just started it, um, I'll say like a month or so ago. Um, we're six episodes in. It's going pretty well so far. Um, really enjoying it, getting to, getting to interact with a lot more people these days on Twitter. Um, and then uh, Rotosource is our website that we've uh, we've been doing for, uh, man, I don't know, like eight years or so. But, you know, we, we do uh, a lot of closer stuff, closer rankings, speculative saves, closer depth charts, and then... Um, We've also, we've been doing two starts, but also the week ahead for two starts. So we're looking at not just for the upcoming week, but the, for the following week, uh, who's going to be available then as well. And then um, uh, we've also added some pitching schedules this week, uh, this year as well. So that to try to help people visualize those two starts and see who, uh, what all the team's upcoming schedules are in this crazy season. That's really awesome. I, I listened to your last episode. I think you had uh, D- uh, DiVincenzo on. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. my uh, main event partner in the in NFBC uh, in the main events. So, yeah, he's uh, one of our best friends. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I listened to I oh, listened good. to the whole the Thanks. whole thing. I was um, yeah, it was it was good information and sort of uh, like our podcast. We're doing the draft champions podcast. It's all the NFBC main like NFBC drafts, so high stakes, right? So we're, yeah. we're sort of doing the same thing. One of the things I really like about doing this is get to talk to people like you and become a better player by talking to people like you. And we've had. Um, like Vlad on and, and Zola. So like, it's really, it, it'd be hard pressed to get that opportunity without this. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's great. And, it, and it's good. And, and um, I'm enjoying it. And I like, uh, I like the work that you're doing and you do, like you said, a lot of work on the closers and you yeah. do a lot of work on um, analyzing injuries. Uh, but uh, before we get, and that, that's sort of the things that I, that I've known, uh, I've gotten to know you for the, in your, right. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and there's been there's been some maybe heated debates on Twitter recently. So, but I'm not, yeah, yeah. There's one of those sometimes. Whatever. Haters, <laughs> haters, haters gonna hate whatever. You know, Twitter Twitter kind of brings out the best and the worst in people sometimes. Um, I, I you know I I don't try to be inflammatory. I get that sometimes it comes off that way, and I apologize to people. You know, and, and I apologize to the people when I when it did this time too. Um, it just kind of feels like sometimes I'll say something. Like when I was way, I was telling people the risks with Verlander way back in January, February, and people were coming at me hard, man. And I said the same thing about Chris Sale before he went out and people were coming at me and I'm like, okay, you know, you can say this all you want, but I think I might be right here. And then, and then later when it turns out I am right. And then like, all I want to do is kind of say, Hey, look, maybe you guys can learn from this because this wasn't a shock. Like you should have known this was coming. Um, because for me, I'm always trying to better myself. I want to be, become a better player. I want to learn from my mistakes and don't repeat them. And I feel like I see a lot of people repeating the same mistakes, especially when it comes to injury analysis. And so it just feels like if you're going to come at me, then you got to be okay with me kind of coming back at you later and being like, okay, but I was kind of right here. So maybe you can learn from this because I want to learn too. And, you know, that, that's just kind of my perspective on it. 
Right, on. I'm, I'm with you on that. Chris Sale, man, like that, that I don't think that could have been. I couldn't believe. Yeah, I can't I believe thought, people kept drafting him. Like even I after, saw people rating him as like a top three starting pitcher, like like known analysts who are out there, and I'm looking at it going, "What in the hell are you doing? Like this guy is like his arm hanging <laughs> on by a thread." Anytime you see PRP, stay away. Like that's my advice. Stay away when you see PRP. Absolutely. Like I, when I was doing those drafts, I was drafting back in uh, November, December, doing the, the DCs. And anytime anyone would, would draft Chris Sale, I would just like have a celebration in my office. When I know. I saw, when I saw Chris Sale go off the board. like the I'm like, there's one guy off the board that I wasn't interested in. Exactly. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, it's, it, it happens. Um, but like, even if you know that you're going to be right on only like half the guys, if you're right on half the guys that you're not wasting picks on, it's okay if the other guys work out. Like so far, Judge looks good. You know, I was saying I don't buy the health, but he looks. So was I. And Stan, you know, Stan, 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 Stan too. too. Yeah, and I mean, granted, there's there are constant risks for uh, re-injury. Like it could happen any day, and it's just not how I want to build my teams. But it's you know that's okay. I, I'm okay with being wrong on them because there's plenty of power in the draft that I can get. So one guy I was wrong on was Kluber. I thought he was going to be okay. He was sort of one of the guys I was. Oh okay uh, yeah. On. But he, yeah, he no, was, <laughs> we we had we had uh, we were way off. Of, we we were we were real scared for him because he hasn't looked right since 2018, pretty much. So we were uh, we were we were off of him. Yeah, um, one guy that I'm surprised hasn't been more severely injured yet is Masahiro Tanaka. He's 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 one guy that I'm completely off of. Okay, were you uh, just because of the uh, concussion or something else? No, because of the, his arm. Like his arm was like you said, PRP. You mentioned that. That was uh, I don't know if you remember back more than a couple of years ago. His 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 UCL is not completely intact. He's, okay, yeah, he had his, surgery his, to remove a bone spur in October. I didn't know that he was still recovering from anything else, though. I don't, I don't know if he's still recovering, but I don't think he's, he's – that UC, it's never going to fully heal. So he, Oh, yeah, I mean, that's the lot. His velocity's down. It, it, some of the peripherals that he, that he has, like his, his, like, I think, split finger now is, like, shows up as, like, like, a different pitch because it doesn't have the same movement anymore, like on uh, Brooks Baseball. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he's no, I was not really targeting either, to be honest with you. But um, so I guess I didn't look into it as deeply. But yeah, anytime you have PRP and you don't actually get a surgery to fix the injury, then you're kind of uh, walking on a tight wire, yeah, tight rope there. So, is there any players um, that um, talk, speaking of injuries that you're that you're that you're kind of scared of that we that have that haven't been really publicized, like like um, and and we're going to talk about closers. So I'm saying. Um, Ignore, yeah, ignore closers for now. We got a whole segment on closers because uh, that's what we do here, or that's what you do. That's what me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, to, maybe give me one like one hitter and one starting pitcher that you're that you're sort of uh, off on, like not not and not not including guys that have already like sort of shown that shown that uh, Achilles heel, like Donaldson right. already has, right? So some right. some of that like it's not like in the news yet. Yeah, um, I mean, does Snell count? Because I, he was a guy who I was super concerned about and was way off coming into the season. But you know, he's he's like walking a bunch of guys, which is basically sure. yeah, he can he can, he can count. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy I I wanted no part of, but that was another guy who people were arguing me over, and I was just like, I just don't see the Rays like pushing him, and I don't see him being healthy. Like anytime they bring up the words like possibly talking about Tommy John surgery, and even if they don't end up quote unquote needing it. I'm still off that guy. And like you watched him in spring and he was watching walking guys. And then the summer, I just, I didn't like what I was seeing from him. And, and now, you know, it's just like, he's not going deep into games and he's his control and command is not there. Right. How about a hitter? Uh, you know, I, 
I hadn't really thought about any hitters uh, too much. I'm trying to think if anybody that I drafted was uh, look. I mean, I know Bellinger looks bad right now, but I I haven't looked into it because I don't own him anywhere. He could just be you know slumping right now. Yeah. Um, who? How about how about you? Who are you seeing? And I'll tell you if I if I've uh, seen it. Um, well, I haven't seen anything, but this would be this would be someone that I'm concerned about. Um, well. AJ Pollock, like how is he doing so well right now and not how is he not falling apart? Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, question. The guy is constantly injured, but you know, it's only a weekend, give him time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, Judge and Stanton too. Well, right. Were, yeah. Both, both those guys, these those are all those guys are all fades and minus uh, from a hitting standpoint. I I wasn't prepared, you know, I wasn't prepared yeah. I wasn't prepared to answer my own question. Oh, you know what? Bobichet <laughs> would be one that I just thought of because of that hamstring injury. I know he's back now, but I mean, anytime a guy who relies on his legs as much as he does for value, I, it's that's uh, that's dicey. Yeah. Um, well, oh, here's here's one guy. He always ends up playing through it, but I, I, I'm thinking this guy. This guy could. This this is a guy that could really burst the wind in somebody's sail this year. Tommy Pham. Like oh, he, okay. he, he always plays through his injuries, but he's always been injured. He's he's, he's always injured. His, yeah. elbow, his elbow's fucked up. Um, he's um, he's now. Um, He's now a year older. Um, he's doing really well this year. He's stealing bases, but um, he's, yeah. he's always nicked up. So um, he, he was sort of a guy that I was always <laughs> off of. I mean, he might already just be worth his value for those four steals. Like his steals alone are beating whole teams in steals and fantasy. I know, like, I know. It's, sick. it's sick. It's sick. <laughs> I look at who's like winning in steals and I'm like, well, I know they have Tommy Pham because they're the only team on there that have more than four steals. So I think, I think, um, um, God, who's the Astros? Their backup guy. What's his fuck his name? Uh, uh, Kyle Tucker. What backup? What? No, the backup shortstop outfielder. He, um, Miles Straw. Miles Straw. Yeah, he. I think he has three stolen bases. Yeah, I mean they keep using him as a pinch hitter, and they 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 run with him, man. Yeah, Dusty yeah. likes to. Run, so. I said this. I said this like back in November. I'm like, I'm like, I don't understand. In these draft champions, you do you play any of the draft champion um, leagues like the 50 round draft and holds. I didn't this year, but um, yeah, I have done them before. Yeah. So I was saying like the speed was getting pushed up so much in the, in the early rounds, as you know, this year. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm like, I don't understand that after you get like past round 30, like round 30 through round 50, I don't understand why the speed doesn't get pushed up like from these backup players. Like why is, um, why is Miles Straw going like in the 40th round? Why isn't he going like one of the first <laughs> reserve rounds? Because speed is so important and a guy like that. And what's happened now with like, so many zeros in, in your in your lineup with the COVID and stuff like that. It's crazy. Like, might as well, like if you're gonna like, roll the dice on like a backup guy, like if you're looking at if your options are like um, like uh, Adam Hazley on the Phillies or like um, uh, Ryan Maltapia or or someone that's gonna get like part playing time, like David Bodie. Um, why would yeah. like Miles Straw such a free dart at the end of or a free not a dart but a free like look at the end of that draft that if you put him in, you might, he's going to get you the most scarce category, most scarce category. So he's actually, he would have been value if you, if you needed to play him anywhere. My guess is that most teams either go in uh, like me, or they have a plan to attack speed early and make sure you get the right guys so that you don't have to rely on guys like that. Because like, is as much as that speed helps, he's a zero everywhere else. I mean, he doesn't even yeah. play really. I mean, he's just a pinch runner. Or there's teams who are the opposite where they just kind of ignore speed and don't really value it correctly. And so 
they don't really ever think about needing it. They just want to get all, you know, the power without worrying about the speed. So like, that's something I'm always cognizant of during the draft is I want to make sure, especially in the like first 10 rounds or so, I want to be adding as many guys as I can who can give me some speed that also contribute in other categories. You can also hit some home runs who can also give me runs and RBI and a solid average. Cause otherwise, you know, I don't want to rely on those guys. Like I just saw Malik Smith is benched again. You know, it's like, that's what happens. Those guys suck at hitting and they, they, that's, you don't want those to rely on those guys. Cause, and if something happens to them, if they get injured, you can't replace a guy that you're counting on for, you know, 60% of your steals. Uh, that's why I like to draft balanced players as much as possible. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So the first thing I wanted to get to um, was um, closers. So what we're going to do is, uh, bef- but before we do that, um, I just wanted to ask you just um, how your main event went. And um, just, um, I, we, we, I think we've talked about that on the podcast. And I, think, and I know you talked about it on your last podcast, like the strategy, but um, I want to just briefly just um, ask you how it went. And if you're like, given uh, now that we have 2020 vision on the first week and a half, like would there, would there be anything that you would have done differently and are there any players that you're just like, shoot, like, I, I like this player, but I missed on him. And I'll tell you, I'll give you, I'll give you my answer first. What sure. I um, so I guess my, what I would have done differently in my drafts, and this is more of a comment for the, the draft champions, not the main event, but uh, I could, because you had 50 rounds, I tended to like handcuff players. So like when I would get, get Kingery, because I was worried about COVID, I would draft Adam Hazley and maybe Roman Quinn, just like Roman Quinn way, way, way late in the last rounds. But the thing is, I didn't, I didn't ex- like, I expected players to go on the IL for COVID, but I didn't expect teams to go on the IL for COVID. Yeah. So when I had, like, even on my main team, like, I have, like, Hoskins, Vlad, um, Vladimir Guerrero, um, other, like, all these players on, on, the, on Washington, Toronto, Philadelphia, my, not Miami, but, like, I have, like, just too many empty, empty roster spots now because I just have all these players on those three teams just by, by right. flu. So I guess that's something that I don't know. I couldn't really, you couldn't really expect that to happen. But, no, you can't, you can't have known which teams would, you know, completely like pause their season. Like the Marlins, there's no way to see that coming. I mean, it's never happened before. Yeah. It's hard to know. And then I guess the one player that I missed on like, and I was getting like before the main events that I didn't get in the main events with Trent Grisham. Like I had, I have. Him oh my gosh. Team. That's the exact same guy. I, I loved, I was in love with Trent Grisham and uh, wanted him really badly. And he just went, I think right before the round, I was going to take him and, uh, I honestly should have should have taken him early. It was him and Karen Check was the other guy because I was super high on Karen Check, and I'm pretty sure that the people in my main event league all knew that I was high on him and uh, Rosenthal too. I've been pretty vocal that those two guys I was I thought would get saves pretty early on in the season, um, and I would draft them over half the closers. So uh, <clears throat> yeah, not getting them those two especially really uh, really really hurt what was a good draft still. Um, Plesak was another guy who I was high on that I didn't get. Um, obviously he looked phenomenal in his first start. And, um, but, uh, I mean, we, the, the big thing was that like looking back on it, like 2020 hindsight vision, um, right now it seems like closers because a lot of these pitchers are still ramping up. Their velocities are low across the league. Um, we drafted, we wanted good closers who we could rely on. Uh, we got Kirby Yates. And then we were hoping for another guy like either Jansen or Robles or something like that. And we ended up with Diaz because they were all gone by the time he came back to us again. Um, and Diaz pretty much got removed from the closer role and Yates is struggling big time. So um, 
that was something I didn't see coming. I thought we'd have a leg up. I, I didn't want to have to be in a position where I'd have to use fab money on closers this year because I knew that was not going to be an enviable position to be in. So that's really sucked so far. <laughs> yeah, closures have been tough. And this is before the season started. I said, that I, this, is, this is what I said because closures were getting pushed up so much. But I wanted just to take a sort of devil's advocate stance and tell me what you think about this. In a short season, with the short summer training and more potential for injuries from the ramp up, especially pitchers and COVID, you'll be dipping into the replacement player pool more than ever. Now, yeah. position players and starting pitchers have value based on skill set. Um, a good example is Clint Frazier is more valuable than Ben Gamble because he's just a better player, but that's proven to be otherwise because I, I said that before Lorenzo Cain's opted out, but still the point, <laughs> the, the point is that, um, but closers, their values are so much more based on opportunity than skill versus the position players. And, and it's definitely like a role, role over skill for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like football, like fantasy football almost. Um, would yeah. you, would you not want to invest as little as possible in closers where whose replacements will be, you'll be able to replicate those stats you forgo saves, not ERA and whip more reliably. So that's sort of my argument to sort of fade closers. So you're, you're saying, okay. Are you saying when you say replacements, do you mean you're picking up the guy who's now the closer after they lose the job? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's 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 um it depends. Rowan Wick's gonna or Wick's gonna give give you the same stats that Kil- that you hoped Kimbrel's gonna Kimbrel would get you. Um, well, so in terms for, of saves and uh, like um, uh, Bass is gonna get you maybe the same amount of saves as Kimbrel, maybe not the same ERA 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 and WHIP, but that's you're you're drafting these closers not for their ERA and WHIP as much as you would starters. So. I actually think that, I mean, in a regular season, um, this wouldn't be an issue in my opinion because, like, it's it's should I have altered my strategy going into a short season? Maybe. In a regular season, I think there's a huge advantage in taking the closers that are far safer than others. Like, Kimbrell, you know, he was nowhere near my rate. I knew he was pretty much fucked. Um, I, was, I was staying far away from him. Um, I, I think – it's good to target the guys who you think definitely have the role because you to compete. Now we're talking about NFBC here, like a main event, not like a, you know, a league where you can waiver a guy in, in those kind of leagues. I could totally understand how closers might be more overvalued, but in NFBC, you need saves to like, you cannot not have saves and still win an overall. So since you have to have them, you want to invest correctly. But the thing is, if you're saying like just wait till later, you're only talking about like waiting another you know three, four, or five rounds. It's not as big of a difference between the hitters there and later, or the starting pitchers there and later, as there is between the closers. Like if I can get Kenley Jansen in the fifth, or I get you know a guy like Kimbrell in like the seventh. My God, Jansen in the fifth is so much better of a value there. Um, now a lot of closers are having trouble ramping up right now though. So, um, maybe that was something I didn't see coming for the short season. It's too soon to tell. Um, I think Yates could still be okay. He's talking about making a mechanical adjustment and everything, but, uh, I I think, I think you have to invest in them if you're in an NFBC league, at least get your one. And then if you like a couple guys later, like if you like, uh, you know, like Joe Jimenez, but, uh, again, you're only going to get him a couple rounds later. It's not like you know, they go like in the fourth and then like you can wait until the 13th, like they're going to be gone by the 10th round. So um, 
you kind of have to invest. Yeah, that's a good point. In hindsight, um, I'll talk about Kimbrel later, but he's, I have him in both of my main events, unfortunately. And, ah, okay. And, and my, my, my thought around that, I knew he was kind of bad. Um, <laughs> but on, on the flip side, um, I also knew this is a short season and, and um, he'd, ha- he'd have a leash for a higher percentage of the season in theory. And he has the job going into it. So I valued that. It, right. it, it, it turned out to kick me in the nuts um, <laughs> because he, I, I, can't, I can't drop him yet in the main event, but I can't start him. And it's funny, like all these zeros that are in your, that are in your starting lineup right now, like what I wouldn't give to have like any warm body to, to put in like an outfield slot, but also on the flip side, what I wouldn't give to be able to bench Ken, uh, Craig Kimbrell during the week. <laughs> I, I kind of think you might have to move on from him. I, I don't think like he's been fucked since spring. I don't think it's just going to get better. I think there's some underlying injury there that uh, is, is hurting him. Um, the other thing is, like you're talking about taking these zeros, that's the worst thing you can do. It's much better to drop the wrong guy than to keep taking zeros and stats. Uh, you need production, like even anything, anything at all. So yeah. one thing that I've realized, so we kind of came in with more of a pitcher-heavy approach this year because we thought that um, in this season starting pitching would be – because like after the draft, you look at who's available on waivers, there's much more available on the hitting side than there is in the starting pitching side. But what we've noticed – with all these teams going down and all these COVID people, it's like you need more hitters because if you don't have someone to put in, you're taking those zeros. So that's one thing that I've learned this year for tonight and fab, I'm going hitter heavy. Um, I went from wanting a bench of five to six pitchers to probably wanting a bench of five hitters now. So I'm kind of reversing that now because I don't want to be in a situation where, you know, like the cards next week, um, have a bunch more positives now. They might not even play next week. So, I know. and their their opponents, the Tigers and the Cubs, might not play either. Maybe they'll play each other. I don't know what they're going to do. But if you have players on those teams, you have to have a contingency plan to not take zeros because you're not going to be able to compete in an overall competition by taking zeros. Yeah, I, I don't even know how you can. I don't even know if I would, how you can make up these zeros this week. I think it's one week. Uh, but if you, if this continues, um, like I'm, I'm feeling even under the gun in, on my teams where I've had a couple zeros on my team um, with like Eaton and Vlad and Hoskins on the same team. And, yeah. and like, I'm, and then having chosen to staff some pitcher pitchers, it was, it's tough, but um, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta correct for, you can't do anything about the past. You just gotta correct it for the upcoming week and change your mindset and then just do the best you can to make sure that you have enough hitters for next week. Exactly. So um, let's let's go on to uh, cl- let's look let's look at closes. I want to do thirty teams in thirty minutes. So like, I'm going to set a timer and I'll and I'll stop you. I'm going to I'm okay. going to ask you. This is this is going to this is going to be all you. I'm going to ask okay. you about. Um, I'll I'll say that I might I might not be able to help myself to chime in, but I'm going to I'm going to talk about closes. And I think this sort of sums up closers. I drafted Hector Neris in a main event. Mm-hmm. He's done fuck all so far, and I'm, cel- <laughs> I'm I, and I'm celebrating drafting him. That's the state of yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I think he's still like um, I think he's top three for me overall in closers as of right now, unless like, unless something happens, you know, because like you said, at least he yeah. hasn't lost the job yet. <laughs> yeah. So I, I looked at all the teams, and we'll get to them. Sixteen of the thirty teams closers have been enormous busts, like from my calculations, and I'll ask you about them. Five are five are five are questionable in my opinion, and I'd say only nine you aren't disappointed in, including Naris. So we'll go, we'll go through them and I'll, I'll start the timer and I'll, I'll go through um, 
let's let's look at the nine that I let's let's um let's quickly go over the nine that I, I think are okay that that, okay. Are, that that I have check marks next to and there's probably not much to say but I'll I'll ask your opinion so I'll yeah. I'll, start, I'll start on each of them. Um, first one I want to talk about that's 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 uh, that it's that's a check mark is um, Rogers on the Twins. Okay. Yeah. He, he looks, I mean, it's never about skills with him. He's dominant. Like I just didn't know as the only lefty in that pen, if he would get every opportunity and like, well, today Romo got a save because he won two in a row. And then before that, and then Romo got another save earlier when Rogers just wasn't on, like didn't pitch for like the first five games for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but uh, I mean, you gotta be happy with him compared to everybody else. Like I think I have him up to like my number four, closer right now um i don't know that he'll get every save moving forward kind of like josh Hader, but you know when he's in he's gonna give you good stats for sure okay so good we did we did under a minute there next one <laughs> is um archie bradley yeah um his velo is down a little bit right now but uh the stats look really good and um he he was another guy who kind of came in with he, he didn't really get the backing from his manager. Of this is, he's definitely got the job, but I kind of assumed that he would. And, and uh, it, it looks like he'll hold on to it. So if I'm a Bradley owner, I'm pretty happy right now. Okay, good. We're, we're, we're flying through this. Um, <laughs> Hendricks on the A's. Um, Hendricks is another guy. Velocity's down. Um, he was kind of a journeyman when he was around 95, which is where he is right now. Um, but I think he's kind of improved as a pitcher since then. You want to see him around 97, but uh, I watched him close out the game yesterday, and he looked pretty good. And uh, the only other guy there is Soria. Um, so I'd also feel pretty good if I was a Hendricks owner. I think I have him third currently. Okay, good. So you, let me know if you disagree with any of my um, yeah. check yeah. marks here. Um, next one that I have a check mark next to is Mark Melanson. Yeah, Melanson, um, kind of just Mark Melanson. You know, he's not – he, he doesn't have good stuff. He's very little swing and miss, but uh, he's solid. And even though Will Smith is coming back shortly, um, I don't see that situation changing. I think they're going to use Will Smith all over the place as like a fireman type role. Um, so I think, uh, I think Melanson is pretty solid. Right. Um, next one that I have a check mark next to is um, Colomay on the White Sox. Yeah, he was another guy I liked this year because uh, he's always kind of underrated because all the stat class crowd thinks that, you know, his skills aren't that good and all blah, blah, blah. It really just matters if you're good enough. The thing is, he's he's got that proven closer label and the manager believes in him. And that's really all you can ask for. He's kind of similar to Melanson. He's, he's pretty hittable, but he has a good amount of job security. So I'd feel good uh, if I had him as one of my closers. And another reason why I liked him, and not to say that I got a lot of him, is the division. That helps too. Yep. Um, next one is Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen, yep. I, I have him at the top right now. Um, he still doesn't have his velocity back quite yet, um, but he's got so much job security. And, uh, I mean, he's still – he's you know, he's, he's not getting hit much. Um, I, I, as long as his velocity comes back, he could be – pretty dominant again so um because he actually increased his velocity in the spring after going to driveline in the offseason but then with shutting down and then ramping back up he hasn't quite gotten back up there yet so we'll have to keep an eye on it but i feel pretty good about him that's one of the ones i differ i still have a check mark next to him but i i, I worry i worried about him relative to the value that the resources that it's going to cost you to acquire him in a draft um I, I look at his velocity i look at um very capable um replacements on that team there's several other relievers that could 
have closer stuff. Uh, he's, he's pretty entrenched in that role, though. I don't. He, he, no, I, I don't disagree it's not with that. that. Other guys couldn't do it. It's that you know, if you have this guy who's been your closer for like seven years or whatever, and you've been dominant, it's so hard to like from a like actual real life perspective for a manager to remove someone from that role. It takes a lot, and I just don't see that happening. Right. Okay. Well, we'll probably we'll pause a minute, so I can't even I can't even rebuke you there. So, <laughs> um, um, next one is um, Hector Neris. Yep. Um, I was a big Hector Neris fan. Had him rated well above where most people did. Um, got good skills, great swing and miss stuff, um, and zero competition. Like there is nobody else in that pen who is remotely close to taking that job from me. I love him too. Now. What was that? I love, I, I, that's the same reason I loved him as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just that, that is huge. So he's got prior experience closing and he's got the job on lockdown and he's got good skills. So there's nothing I didn't like about Neris. Right. Um, next one is Joe Jimenez. Yeah. Uh, he looked a little shaky early on and he looks a little shaky today. Um, the swing and miss stuff isn't there yet. It was, he had that going from last year, but the command was off. Um, I don't know. I'm, I still have him as like you do, you know, as uh I'm, I would be happy that I had him more than not, especially since he's had like four saves early on in the season. But uh, I, I'm a little wary of him. Right. Um, now, I'm trying to think about – okay, now, now we're getting into ones that are, that are sort of like in between. Just, okay. and, and, I, and this list I made is based off of like what value you got based on when you drafted him, not like the, not like the current closer now. Um, oh, okay. So you like you don't have Josh Hader on there because of the fact that he went so early. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like jo- this is Josh Hader's the first. Josh Hader and Yates are my first two here. We maybe touch on them both at once. Like just for the capital that it cost you to to, uh, to acquire them, and what <laughs> and what they've done so far. And what I mean is Pomeranz has two saves, um, and then uh, Josh Hader's pitched two innings and got one save. Um, right. So uh, just. They're, they're still in the they're still like in the positive category they're just not like in the they're, they're, uh, see yates i don't know man he just got pulled from a save up i'm real concerned with yates and i i have yates in the main event so i am i'm quite concerned with yates he's, he's his command is not there whatsoever he's definitely off i don't know i'm hoping the mechanical adjustment does it but i'm i'm really hoping that it's not he's not just hiding an injury or something like that um Hater, yeah, I thought they'd be using him. Like, I thought they'd really push him. I thought they'd be using him in multi-innings and stuff. But he kind of looks like a traditional closer right now, which could be good news for you, depending on where you, you know, what you were planning on for him. Um, but their draft capital is also vastly different. Like Hater, uh, I know the Siege took Hater at 14th overall in one main event. Um, like in the first round? In the first round, 14th. Why, why didn't you just wait to the second round? Uh, well, when you're picking on the corner, he could, yeah, he could have taken him with the second pick. I don't know why he didn't, to be honest with you. I think it was the yeah. proof point because <laughs> I said I because one guy took him at like 17, and I'm like, wow, nobody likes Hater more than this guy. And the siege goes challenge accepted, and then he took him <laughs> at 14. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, I wish I was in that draft. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> if I, I we'll see at the end of the year, but I didn't see that kind of value out of him. I, there's no way I'm taking Hater before. I mean, for me, I, I, I was not a Hater guy because I thought he would um, be used more as a fireman, but I don't think they have anybody else at the back of that bullpen to use, honestly. Like, Knable's not healthy yet, and they don't really have anybody else. Yeah. Another guy that went uh, high up is Brad Hand. I know you've been outspoken about that situation. I, yeah, I, yeah. We've already talked about Korean Chak, but um, you, and I know I've seen what I've seen some of the things you've said about his his injury, his 
his injury in the past. But um, yeah, Brad. Yeah, we we just didn't think Hand ever got healthy last year, so he was a full fade for me. Um, right. He just, I, yeah, I know. Like even when he came back last year, he was still fucked. So, and then nothing I've seen from him this year has changed my mind on that. Um, I think I think it's Karen Check's job moving forward, but we'll have to see. Uh, Jeff Passan, I know, said uh, that he's not giving the job back. So. I don't know if that means anything or not, or if that's just his opinion, but uh, I'm hoping, as both an Indians fan and a Karen Shack owner slash hand, fa- uh, hand fader, so. Hand fader. That sounds. I know. Yeah. That, that has a nice ring to it. I want him to be okay from an Indians fan point of view, but I just, I don't think he is. And I think he just needs to get it figured out. Right. And the next one that's sort of like in limbo land for me, that's not a, not a, it's not an X or a check mark is Rice Alleglacius. Yeah, well, he just got the save today, and he looked okay. So, um, but he, it seems like Cincinnati has been trying to replace him as their closer for like three years now. Even <laughs> when he was pitching pretty well, I mean, he didn't have a good year last year, but the two years no. before that, he was good. Um, but you know, he started off as a starting pitcher, and uh, I think they kind of liked his versatility to be able to use him in multi-inning roles and everything. And they just never really had anyone until this year to replace him with. So that's why I was kind of fading Iglesias a bit this year. He's kind of in the middle of my closer rankings. I never really targeted him. Um, just because I feel like they could replace him now that they have Strope there and they've got Lorenzen and Stevenson developed. And, uh, you know, Lucas Sims looks pretty good in the pen now. Stevenson was my favorite guy going in, um, but he's injured now. Yeah, I was going to say they didn't really use him much and then he was hurt. So uh, they've got some options there now. Um, but I don't know. I, I think he's I think he's okay for now, but he didn't look good before today. Okay. My last one in the in the sort of a limbo land category is well, second last one. Yeah. Uh, the other one is just a team. Um, <laughs> Brandon Workman. Now okay. I, I was completely off of him because I just had the notion that the Red Sox are going to be really really bad, and he's not going to get a lot of save opportunities, and he might get traded because they're going to be so terrible. Like who's leading, who's leading the league in saves right now, Zach? Um, in the American League or the uh, no, just in baseball because you said that bad teams don't get save ops. <laughs> well, D- Detroit, Detroit, right? Right, right. Yeah. Joe Jimenez of the Detroit Tigers is leading but, baseball in saves. But the Detroit, Detroit Tigers are great. They're, <laughs> they're winning, and they're 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 in a good, they're in a bad division though. I, okay, yeah. all right. I don't. Um, I'm, I'm trying to justify it, man. I don't know. <laughs> No, so it's it's actually been disproven that the whole uh, bad teams don't get enough save ops thing. It's not actually a thing. Uh, I think Mark Melanson had 51 saves for a really, really bad Pirates, Pirates team, team yeah. several years ago. Um, it's just I get the thought there, but I would never fade someone based on the team. Um, with Workman, it was his walk rate last year, and he, he obviously got super lucky with his minuscule home run rate and everything. It's not sustainable. But the thing with him this year is he's not – He's not getting any swing strikes either, so uh, he looks, looks bad this year. Yeah, he does. He does. He he's someone who I would feel okay about relative to the rest of the closers, but um, still not not great. Right. All right. The last one in this cat. The last one before we get into the bus is the. I'll just put a team out there. It's the Marlins. Like I don't. I don't think we've seen much. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Kinsler got – it seemed like Kinsler's the guy. Um, I didn't – I wasn't sure because they never really named him closer going into the season. That's why I kind of avoided him. But he went late enough where it was okay to take a shot. The skills are meh. I mean, he's no swinging stuff. He doesn't have any swinging strike, uh, swing and miss stuff there. But um, I think he's the guy. And since we haven't heard anything on him, he probably doesn't have COVID. But we don't know for sure. 
it's kind of a kind of an yeah. up in the situation right you're now. Just, you're, you're rolling the dice there. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a roll of the dice. I, I dropped him in a twelve when I could pick up someone else. Uh, once I once I saw that there's uh, Jairo Diaz. Um, looks like he's going to get the opportunity in Colorado, so I dropped him for him today. So right, that's that's a good move, I think. Now let's get, let's, let's get into the um, all the bus. And when, when I when I call them bus, I, I call it bus versus who you originally drafted. So before you get into the bus, I have a question for you based on who you left off. What about Daniel Hudson? Well. It's based on who you would have drafted as the first. Ah, okay. So Doolittle. And okay. I, I'm, I'm a big Daniel Hudson guy. Okay. I drafted him. I, he's one of my most owned players because just where he was going. So, yeah, no, we'll get, we'll get to that team. So why don't, why don't we start off with them? Um, um, these, these, these are the players I have the next next to is um, Sean Doolittle. I was off him because uh, he was, I was afraid he was going to opt out. His, his velocity was down like six miles an hour in spring. Like that's not like one or two or three even. Like that's massive. So he's definitely not right. And I was way off of him. Um, and it shows like they're not even using him. You were avoiding him or you were off in terms yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was avoiding him like the plague, man. Me like, too. Me too. I, I would never have taken Doolittle in any drafts because there was just red flags and warning signs everywhere on him. It was it was pretty blatant. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's why Hudson made some sense. I didn't actually end up getting Hudson anywhere, but uh, he looks real real solid right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Um Next one that I will all say is a bust is maybe we'll just get this one out of the way because it's sort of a technicality is a role this Chapman because okay. he, he got, he got COVID now he's back. Yeah. So I guess like if you got Britain, you got two saves from him. That's pretty good. And yeah. Chapman's probably going to be back. I know this is in our notes to talk about, but um, I, 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 yeah, I just, I just, I, I don't know what to expect from Chapman. Like they, they could put him right back in the closer role, but they might not. Um, I don't know how COVID seems to be affecting pitchers more than hitters like we've seen Freddie Freeman had it pretty bad obviously like he's talking about almost dying feeling like he's gonna die and he's hitting pretty well right now but what pitcher that was symptomatic is looking really good right now I don't know if any honestly so the guys coming back now I don't know what to expect I mean look at the guys who are having trouble ramping up and they've been pitching since the beginning of the season now Chapman's gonna go through that I don't think he's gonna just come up with like just be perfectly fine I if you if you own Britain I would hold him yeah Hmm. Good. I, I actually, I actually turned, uh, I actually dropped Britain in a couple other non-NPC leagues uh, recently. Actually, it was recent as last night to pick up um, Rowan Wick. Okay. So, uh, that, that could work out. Okay. I, I don't know if Wick has the job either though, because like that was a situation where the save opportunity kind of came up uh, and it wasn't like a play, like Kyle Ryan kind of blew it and then they brought in Wick after. So I don't know if he's actually their guy or not, to be fair, I drafted Rowan Wick in the main event at the end of the draft thinking, cause I knew Kimbrell was fucked and I thought Wick would be the next guy in line there. Um, but Jeffress could also get that opportunity because he has some prior closing experience too. I just don't think he's very good. Well, let's just go right into that one then. Can big X next to Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. And I don't know. It, it could be Jeffress. He was getting some close. He was getting some saves in Milwaukee. Uh, so right. he had, like, you know, he doesn't have that experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like what you you think Kimbrel's just done? Would you would you would you drop Kimbrel? Yeah, I mean, I I would. Yeah, I I get why you might not want to, but like I said, he hasn't been right since spring and even since last year. Where I I mean, it would take an incredible turnaround for him. Like even if they give him the job back, I just don't see him hold. Like I don't think his skills are there, and uh, I I would cut bait. 
Yeah, they're in the they're in the tenth inning right now versus Pittsburgh, and they haven't used him yet. So I don't know. Okay, well, yeah, keep an eye on that. See how that goes. Yeah, they haven't used any of they haven't used any of the guys we talked about yet. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens. I highly doubt they will use Kimbrel if if they do take well if they well they're, they're the they're the home team. So um, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, next one I want to talk about is um, so we'll, we'll shift over to Houston and literally I see a scrub got has as many saves <laughs> as Roberto Asuna. And that's, that's a, that's a person, a scrub. Um, right. Right. I made that joke yesterday. Same dad, same dad joke. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to make the joke, right? I mean, the guy's name is literally scrub. So uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, and I own Osuna in a, in a league, uh, not the main event, but a different one. He looks like he's fucked. So, um, Osuna? Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything that's arm injury is that's bad. Uh, I'm not saying drop him this week necessarily. Uh, I might, but I don't know if you should or not. I don't want to tell people that and then have him be like dated. No, he already went on the IL actually. So, I think it's probably safe to drop him, unfortunately, but um, assuming you don't have an IL slot to put him in. Yeah, I think that's a tough one. Um, yeah, Presley just came back. So even though I don't think – I think he's rusty and I don't think he's really ready for the ninth, they'll probably put him in there because they don't have a lot of other options. The only other guys I think they could take a look at are Cy Snead and Blake Taylor. But Blake Taylor's a lefty, yeah. um, and I think one of the few or even the only lefty they have. He's been good this year, but I, I actually t- – I, t- I took a look at him this uh, today, and uh, his stats like – up leading up to today in the minor leagues and stuff is nothing special at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. It, he's, I don't know. You know, I, I look at like for closers, I like to look at their, their whip and his whip is, was not good in the minor leagues. Okay. So, I, so. I know I looked yesterday, but I, I don't really recall exactly what yeah. it was, but yeah. yeah, whip is always good for closers. So I don't know. That's a situation that I would probably, unless I already owned Presley or could get him for cheap, I'd probably just avoid it for now. All right, we've run over a minute on this one, but I want to when we when we talk about the waiver wire, remind me to bring up Brian Abreu because okay. I think I think he he's sort of that um, double edged sword. Where he, he might be able to fit in into two separate roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, let's talk about him after. Um, next, uh, Tampa Bay. Nick Anderson was being drafted as a closer. I think that's yeah. that's been an that's an X right now. <laughs> I, and I drafted him in the main event. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wish I could have told you not to. See, Tampa never goes with. The, what, they never have one closer, and it's hardly ever like the same guy, other than when they had Colomay there for a couple of years. But um, yeah, there's just they they like that that committee, man. Like I just I could never touch Nick Anderson this year. I just there's just too much too many ways that could go wrong with Kevin Cash. <laughs> but he's just he was such a, he's such a good pitcher though. He's almost like a like a Josh Hader type pitcher going like 100 picks later. And both both those teams are going to screw with their their pitchers like in terms Yeah, of, I mean, and oh, that's that's fair. I just I didn't want either of them to be honest. With you. Yeah, just, fair enough. I, it's just it's yes, he's a good pitcher, but it, you're like you were saying before, you're not drafting for skills with closers, you're drafting for the role. And I didn't think that he had the role. Like they never called him their closer. Like Nobody ever said Nick Anderson is our closer. All we had was Mark Topkin, their beat reporter, saying, I think he was in line for the bulk of the saves, and that's all we have. He didn't say he was quoting the manager or anybody in the organization. So for me, I was just like, okay, I, I'm, I'm not buying anything here. Okay. Um, next one we'll look at is Ken Giles. 
Okay. Bust obviously injured. Um, I don't. Yeah. They say they say they expect him back. I don't know. I don't. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't buy that at all. <laughs> um, he he was another guy I was avoiding because of that that injury risk. He uh, he never he his velocity went down two miles an hour last year with his forearm injury, and that's that's the reason why he wasn't able to be traded. They tried to trade him to uh, the Yankees last year, but he wasn't healthy enough to actually have the trade go through. So. Um, his, his velocity dipped two miles an hour and I kept saying on Twitter that I need to see his velocity before potentially spending any draft capital on him. And I never saw it. And so I just assumed it was still down and, uh, yeah, it looks like he was pretty fucked too. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, unfortunate for people who took him, but, um, definitely the, the warning signs were out there. Yeah. Is there anyone that you're interested at all in a main event to sort of use as your last bench spot, say like a, like an emergency $1 bid if you don't, um, like we'll just call it an emergency bid um, other than Bass. Like, are you interested in Romano at all? Oh, on the, on the Blue Jays? Yeah. No, I think, I think Bass probably has the job if, uh, as long as Giles doesn't come back. Um, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold on that. I don't, I'm, nope. like, I'm, I'm a Jays fan. I'm from Toronto. So I, I don't, yeah, that's true. Not, not that it makes me an expert or anything, but I'm, I just don't think Bass is that good. Oh, I don't think he's anything special. I just think he's good enough to not necessarily be replaced. Maybe. Maybe he's not. Um, but uh, right now, it looks like their pecking order is best than Dolis than Romano from what I've seen and how their their usage so far. Right. Let's go, um, on, to, let's go on to St. Louis. Um, I have an X next to it because most people are drafting Gallegos. Um, do you think, like I think you mentioned, you asked me, well, you put this in the notes, um, do you think Kim goes into the rotation? Yeah, I think with – so Seamart just got COVID, so they're going to have to replace him already. And then I don't know if you noticed, but Jack Flaherty was asking people on Twitter for TV show recommendations, which – Oh, no, I did not see that. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking that either he has COVID or he knew that they would be not playing at all next week, one of the two. Hmm. Um, either way, they need at least one or two starters. And, you've, you're, you know, Kim's never closed before. I think they just wanted to give him a prominent role. Because he didn't, they. I don't think they were expecting Seymour to come back into the rotation, and then he did. So it just makes too much sense for them not to put Kim back in the rotation. They they need him there. Um, you've got guys like Gallegos and Helsley, and even Cody Whitley there who can all, I think, close very well. So do you think uh, Gallegos has COVID? Do I think Gallegos has COVID? Good. He's from. He's coming. Oh, from, he's coming yeah. from Mexico. That place is a disaster. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well. I mean, they, they said that it was he, he probably gave everyone COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just said that he was having travel issues, but it could have been a cover. I have no idea, but I mean, he's back now. So if he had it, I mean, we have to see who they tell us is uh, positive now because that's what we're waiting on. So well, they're, they're probably not going to tell us. They're just probably going to like say these it'll people. Probably like the Marlins, where it'll be. They're like, like these players aren't. It's going to be funny when the Marlins and the Cardinals come back and they're like, oh, we're, we're not going to say who has COVID. But then like, okay, well, these players aren't with the team anymore right. like jack flaherty is gone what's wrong yeah. with him oh we can't yeah. say okay <laughs> right <laughs> exactly so, so I, I think i think i would go guy goes there um yeah. but uh, i think helsley is a possibility as well would you um drop carlos martinez yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah for sure he he was another guy who i was fading completely as well because his velocity was also way down in the spring and, and in the summer and uh I just wasn't buying his, his health. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd have no problem dropping him. All right. Now we're getting to, we're, we're getting to the really uh, interesting one. So I'll, I'm going to tell you the boss and then you're going to tell me who you want from their bullpen. And, okay. um, 
And if you, and if you drop, tell me a, would you drop the, like the incumbent or yeah. the, the, the one that you, the one that was getting drafted as a closer to begin with. And then who would, who do you think is a favorite to, for saves? And um, maybe like, let me know what you're, how, how aggressively you'd go after them. So let's start with um, Mets. Um, Edwin Diaz gone. Um, and then uh, it looks like maybe Batances is the closer. Um, so actually they've pretty made it pretty clear. They're not looking at Batances as a closer. Um, they're not using him in high leverage and they've actually said that they, and his velocity is down, like way down. Yeah. Um, so right now uh, for me, it's between two guys, um, Juris Familia and uh, Seth Lugo. And I think I'd lean towards Juris Familia. Oh, um, you know what? I had a, yeah, I heard that last night too. I just forgot. He has, that's fine. Yeah. He has prior experience closing there too. So um, I, I think that he's the odds on fair because they like to use Seth Lugo in that uh, kind of that fireman role, multi-inning role. I don't think they want to take away that versatility that they have with him and just stick my closer. So I would invest a little bit in Familia. I don't know how aggressive because I think the thought is they do want to put Diaz back in at some point, but this is, this is literally the struggle that I'm facing tonight because I have Diaz. I'm trying to decide whether I want to jump ship or not. And I think we're leaning towards holding for now, but uh, it's a tough decision. He had to get a clean inning today. So that's, that's, that's a good start. Right. Um, Okay. Um, Next one. Ian Kennedy on the Royals. Yeah. I think, I think I know your answer already. Yeah, I was telling people before the season started that I never thought Ian Kennedy was going to be the closer going into the season because, and again, they never, Matheny's a new coach there, manager there, and he never said Kennedy's my closer. I think people just assume because they have the role one year that they're going to have it the next. Like Kennedy's not some established closer. He was a starter who became a closer out of necessity. And then they signed Holland and Rosenthal. And once I saw Rosenthal, I'm like, oh, God, Matheny used him as his closer for years in, in St. Louis. So what's to stop him? And everyone was raving about how good Rosenthal looked in the spring. Like they called him the, the MVP of their camp. It just seemed to fit that he would be the guy. So I think he's the closer now. It's, but it's either that or they don't have one. So I, I wouldn't worry about Kennedy or Holland. I would drop them if you own them. Um, I would invest a bit in Rosenthal, like more than Familia for sure. I do like Rosenthal a lot. I do think he would hold the job if he got it, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm 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 uh, letting some Holland shares go this uh, this week. Yeah, it um, hurts. But you got to do it. Yeah. Okay. How about Leclerc in Texas, and who's going to come up there? I, right now, right now, Hernandez is pitching the eighth inning as we speak. Are they winning? They're winning. Yes, they're winning. Uh, I think by four, three or four. Okay. Yeah, I, it's an ugly situation. Um, I, I don't, Hernandez is probably the guy that you want to own there for now. Um, I know Jolie Rodriguez is coming back and uh, Rafael Montero at some point, but it might be weeks before either of them return. Um, I just don't like Hernandez. I, his walk rate is bad. And I just – I mean, granted, this is the team that employed Leclerc as their closer, so that might not bother them that much, but – as a fantasy owner, it's not really a situation that I'm really big on. I might throw a couple bucks at Hernandez, but I prefer other options uh, from other teams right now. There is there's one guy there named uh, Ian, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Jabout or Gibout or whatever. I kind of like his skills. Um, I think he might be uh, a sleeper for saves there. There's a guy in the minor leagues or in their pool uh, named Marcus, Marcus Evans. Evans. Yeah. Yeah, I like him a lot. But unfortunately, He's sort of like a Karinchek type guy. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call him that, but he's up there. He's definitely like one of the. I wouldn't call him that to you because I know how much you love Karinchak. <laughs> well, Karinchak is like, I mean, he had like 87 Gone. strikeouts in like 35 innings last year. Like, nobody has his skill set that I've seen. Karinchak's like a religion. <laughs> he's so good. What are I you? Like, oh, I'm, I'm Karinchak ish. Right, so you're Karinchak ish? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I watched him strike out the side against the Twins today and was just like, oh my God, like he's just ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, DeMarcus Evans would be great if they called him up. I just, until they do, I can't, you know, take him as a legitimate candidate yet. Yeah, it's, it's, that'd be tough. How about Pittsburgh? Kella and Birdie? Yeah, so Kella just, just today, I think, got cleared for protocols. But again, I was saying, telling people I tweeted out, I would still drop him because. Who knows how long it's going to take for him to actually join the team. Like, just because you're cleared of protocols doesn't mean you're ready to come in and play. Um, and, you know, again, he has to ramp up and everything. And Nick Birdie is pitching really well. They're kind of babying him. They're not letting him go back to back. But I don't just see Kayla coming in and taking the job from him. And even if he does, he's a huge trade risk. I think that if, if anybody gets traded that's a closer, it's going to be Kayla because – He's a free agent after the season. The Pirates have zero reason to hold him. Um, so they tried like hell to trade him the last two seasons even. So I just don't see Kayla being worthwhile holding there. Well, the only problem with that is the Pirates have to figure out a, a player bad enough to trade him for because they, they can't make a good trade, right? <laughs> so like they, they, have, they, they have to find a player really, really bad to trade Keller because Keller's not that good. Like he's like – Right. <laughs> it's one of the unwritten rules, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like they got to find they got they got to find a way to get really really ripped off. So I don't know. It's gonna be tough to trade him for that. Like for that amount of money. <laughs> Boy, it really doesn't get any worse than that. Uh, <laughs> Meadows and Glasnow deal. Oh, oh yeah. no. Uh, oh, did we miss anyone here? Robles. Robles, yeah. For the Hansa, that, that Hansa one, Robles. Yeah, that one hurts a bit. Um, because I was real high on him, but his velocity is just way way down. Like like. I think it's uh, three or four miles an hour down or something like that. That's bad because he was another guy like Hendricks who's kind of a journeyman before he had the velo uptick, and then that kind of propelled him. And his uh, his off-speed stuff also improved, um, and he just doesn't have his stuff right now, it's clear. So um, that situation is definitely the most muddled because I spent a lot of time going through it, and my pick is Felix Pena. But Mike, and he's clearly their best reliever right now, like in terms of who's pitching well. Um, but he's been a more of a multi-inning guy. And even because, a starter. What was that? And he, even a starter. He's sort of like the he's sort of like the Ian Kennedy of last year. Yeah, he kind of is, and he's also kind of reminding me of Cole Sulcer, who's now closing for the Orioles. So it's like a former starter bust who became a reliever and became really good at it. So I think that if they keep him in that relief role, I think that he could be actually a really good closer. Um, but it's a guess. I, I don't know. Because Middleton, they said they don't want to use him. Like, he pitched the fourth inning, so they're not using him in high leverage situations yet. Ty Buttry looks terrible. And the other, the other guy I can think of is Hobie Milner, and he's a lefty who, I mean, I, I wouldn't call him a closer candidate. So I, I think it's got to be Pena, but I don't know. How much money would you spend on Pena? Oh. <sighs> I would say like 30, 40 bucks. In this season, I would think you, yeah, I mean, that might get it done. There, I don't know how many people are going to be on him. I've, I've tried not to really like tweet about him because I don't want people to know. 
Yeah, well, this will this will be uh, this will be out after the Fab okay. This tonight. is coming out after Fab. Let's get yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone. You got my you got my word. And I'll, like we'll we'll have a we'll have a little pinky handshake here. Between okay. Okay. Online pinky handshake. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I mean I think it depends on how much you need a closer. If you if you don't if it's like a luxury guy, then you could probably try to throw in like a forty dollar bid or something. Um, but if you really need him, I might be going like in the $70 range maybe. Yeah. Uh, for me, Jairo Diaz is the guy I'm going big on because yeah, same here. I, love, I love everything about that situation for him and his skill set. You just so, got to see, you got to save today. I'm sure you saw. Yeah. Oh, I did. No, oh, fuck. Damn it. Did he? Yep. Shit. I, I know. Did. You have to ramp up your bids. Damn it. No, yeah, I didn't. I'm upset. I'm upset about that too. I'm looking. I'm thinking they were up like nine to two. What the hell happened? Let's look. Um, Oh, he got a one-out save. Are you shitting me? Oh, my God. They ended up winning 9-6, to six, and he got a one-out save. Yeah. The, yep. And didn't get, no, no strike. No. And one in the ninth. Jesus. And no strike. Oh, ooh. They were were they going to put Estevez in? Because Estevez pitched an inning before Jairo Diaz, and but he gave up a run. So Estevez, oh. Estevez came in with two outs in the eighth. And they, okay, left, and, the they, and, they, and they left him in for the ninth. Well, I mean, hey, Estevez was the other guy that was a possibility, but they've been using – But it wasn't, dive, a, it wasn't a safe situation at that time. That's true. Um, but – Well, but it would have been for him. He would, have got, he, he, would yeah. have, he would have got the save. Yeah, I don't know. The fact that they brought in Diaz for one out at the end, maybe they're splitting the, splitting the saves too. They could very well be doing that. I don't know. I was going to go over 200 bucks on him. Ah, that's pretty aggressive. I, I don't know if I would go over 200 bucks on someone I don't know for sure is the closer. I was thinking about going in the, like, a little over 100 range, but um, my boys and I are going to roundtable this uh, later tonight. While we're look, look, what's, look what's happened last week. If you missed it, like, Bass went for, like, 500 bucks. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> um, but I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I mean, that, that might not end up being the right call, I don't know. But Bass, I also feel like they didn't they call him the closer? Didn't they actually name him closer? Uh, yeah, I think they did. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I haven't unless I hear someone say he's our guy or it's blatantly obvious. Like, I think it's Diaz, but it, Estevez is a possibility. So, but they haven't been using him in the kind of high high leverage situations they have with Diaz as much. Like, usually he'll pitch the seventh, Diaz pitches the eighth, and then Davis in the ninth in situations like that. So I don't know. I, it's, it's so difficult, man. Yeah, I did yeah. not want to be in this situation. That's why I drafted Yates. <laughs> I was yeah, exactly. like, oh, man, I, I hate this. What do, okay. Yeah. Um, Paul Morant too. He could be someone to pick up. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that they're going to give Yates another, Yates another opportunity, but you have to pick up Pomerantz if you can. He's, He's already owned in my main, so I can't even get him. There. I have, I had him in both. I drafted Pomeranz in both of my mains, and okay. I, dro- I dropped him last week because mm-hmm. I, ne- I dropped him for someone that I need, like that I, yeah. need, I needed because Pomeranz, he was just a. Who did I drop him? I forget. I'll tell you later. But I dropped him for someone that made yeah. sense at the time. All yeah, right. you gotta do that sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah, so let's just quickly go through the last couple ones because they're, yeah. also, they're sort of similar situations, which are Baltimore, San Francisco, and Seattle. Um, okay. All these guys, you had, no one was drafting even in these like draft and hold leagues. No, yeah. Uh, Williams, um, uh, Salser, and, and Gott. So they, yeah. all have, they all have two saves. 
Yeah, well, so it, it's it's not just the number of saves, though, it's also like the number of saves compared to opportunities. So like Sulcer's gotten every save up for Baltimore. So um, I'm I'm pretty big on Sulcer right now. I I would that's a guy I would probably put down two hundred bucks on. No if he's available. Um, he's got the right skill set. He doesn't um, he doesn't walk a lot of guys, and his strikeout rate is solid. Uh, and yeah, they just they just keep using him in safe situations. And, and Givens is there, and Hunter Harvey doesn't seem like he's even in the picture. He's injured, and I don't know if he's going to be back at all this year. Um, in San Francisco, uh, it, it seems like it's probably a committee there um, with Gott leading the committee probably, but I'm not really impressed with his skills. And I think that Tyler Rogers and maybe even Tony Watson will get some save ups. If you're familiar with Gabe Kapler, you know, he loves to screw with people. So he'll, uh, he'll definitely mix and match along the way, I think. Right. So did I miss Uh, it? Did I miss anyone here? Well, Seattle was the last one. And that's uh, Taylor Williams has gotten, I think two out of three save ops there with Alta Villa getting the other one. Um, I think it's, Probably a committee, but I think I think they'd be open to Taylor Williams running away with the job. Um, Hirano still has COVID. He's not been cleared to return yet. No timetable there. Again, could be three weeks or so before we even see him. Um, Austin Adams with his knee injury is still a problem. McGill doesn't seem to be in the picture. Um, I don't think you can go big on Williams, but something in the, you know, $80 range, something like that, I'd, I might go. Uh, I don't know. Between him and Pena, Pena probably has a better shot at being the guy than Taylor Williams does, but Williams already has two saves, and Pena, we don't even know if they're thinking of him that way. So it's it's, it's so difficult to decide how to, how to figure out who to, who to put your money on. Yeah, I have to go look at my mains and see if any of these guys are still available. I don't know if Williams and Salser, I don't think, would be available. Salser uh, got picked up in my league last week, but Williams is available in mine. I think I have to check. I think I'm pretty sure Salser's picked up. So now that we now that we've gone through them and we'll move on to Fab, what let's let's talk let's talk about the closers. How would you rank these closers? Um, um, like uh, Diaz, uh, Diaz, Wick, Jeffries, Pena, Williams. Um, anyone else I've missed? Uh, I mean. Um, Oh, oh, and yeah, Familiar is the one that I did miss. Yeah, Familiar actually might be the one. Um, I mean, I, it's hard to say. I, I think, like, I think that I think the Kimbrel's done. I don't think he's going to get that job back. Whereas I think that Diaz, Edwin Diaz, could get that job back. Um, we know in Colorado, we know for a fact that Wade Davis is on the IL probably long term. And we know that Oberg's pretty much done. Um, oh, I, I have no faith in either of them ever closing a game for Colorado again this year. Yeah, exactly. I, if Oberg, with these blood clots, he should probably just retire, honestly. I'm kind of concerned for his health. Um, right. But the only question is whether Jairo Diaz is the guy. I, I would say he's the guy, so I would put him at the top of this list with probably – I would either go Pena or Williams next, and then the other one after that. and then. I would probably go between Wick, Jeffress, and Familia. I think I would go Wick, then Familia, then Jeffress. Um, totally realizing that I could be wrong on this, but I, I just I can't put Jeffress above Wick. I just I think Wick's the guy. I've always thought Wick's the guy, and uh, I don't know. I just I don't like Jeffress' skills. 
Is there any situation in a main event where you'd be able to, where you, where you would go after, say, a Wick and a Jeffress or, um, yeah, you or, could. Or, or an Estevez and a Diaz? Yeah. I mean, you can. It's just, it's a seven man bench. So it's so hard. I know. To just stash guys. And I would rather, for me, I mean, I guess it probably makes more sense that way, but I've always been the guy who goes from, goes for the gusto, I guess. Like, I'd rather take, if I have, Diaz and Wick above Wick and Jeffries. I'd rather take Diaz and Wick, even if I'm wrong on Wick and it ends up being Jeffries. Then I, I would rather get the two guys that I have rated higher. Even though, like, I've never been a handcuff guy. I'm not that. I'm not that guy in football, fantasy football either. Like, I don't. I don't handcuff my running back unless I like. I I can get them real cheap and it makes a lot of sense too. I don't know. It's just never been my style. Right. Okay, well, that, that's some that's some good information, and you wouldn't be spending much on the the Texas Rangers guys at all, eh? I wouldn't. No, I, I think Hernandez will probably get. He's kind of like one of those guys that people are way too in on for some reason. I think he'll probably go for a lot. Um, I, I probably wouldn't go more than I don't know, thirty or forty bucks on him in in NFBC. And I, I there's just other guys I prefer. Yeah, and he's more of an in case he miss on the other guys. Yeah, yeah, he would be like a conditional bid, but he's not even available in mine. Like someone already drafted him, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, any, okay. Um, in, in terms of just um, like $1 bids in case you miss on any of these guys, any, any interest in Altavia or Whitgren on the Indians? No for Whitgren. Um, Altavia. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause that's, that situation's up in the air and he's gotten a save up and uh, he pitches in a lot of high leverage situations. So, you know, Taylor Williams isn't like some dominant, closer so yeah I, I could see him getting some saves he would be a one dollar conditional kind of guy all right uh last question on closers of all the of all the closers we talked about picking up uh which one of them which ones would you be confident slotting in your lineup right away in, on monday Ooh. um i mean guys like Salser, i would for sure uh rosenthal for sure um probably taylor williams um Man, I gotta see what happens in this Cubs game. But I mean, yeah. I might be in a situation where I have to play Wick next week myself, so I might do that. Um, if you own Presley for the Astros, you might try that. Uh, as for like Pena, I don't know. I I think I'd play him just because like he still gets good ratios and and rate stats and everything. Like he'll pitch a couple innings at a time, even if he doesn't get the closer role. So uh, I think those would probably be the guys that I would roll out next week. Okay, and Jairo Diaz too. If whoever you decide as the Rockies closer, you got to go with it because someone has to close there right now. Right. I, w- I was thinking it was going to be Diaz before this happened, but um, before today. So hopefully, well, they, still, they they replaced they replaced Estevez with one out left. So I think that, that can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, I think so too. Oh, so Cubs are ahead now. Okay. So you're not gonna you're not gonna really see you're not gonna they're they're at bottom. I think they just won. Yeah. Okay. Well, so what happened? Oh, they, they didn't. Jeff, Jeffress pitched a scoreless um, 11th and he got the win. Okay. Well, yeah, it, you know, it could be Jeffress. I, <laughs> it's so hard to tell, man. That's hard to tell because they were, they were the home team here. So it's really, it doesn't give, right. you, it doesn't yeah. give you the information that you need. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I told you to remind me about Abreu, um, just going back oh, right. to um, um, Houston and we can get, we can get maybe into the starting pitchers and, and use him because I think there's a, 
I think there's a bigger fairway to be right on him than people really realize because I think he's a he's a good weapon in the bullpen and he does he could like if Osuna's gone he could slot into that Presley role and Presley's no sure thing right now in my opinion and right. that, that rotation is very dicey like you got you got McCullers you got Granky and you got um, Christian Javier which we'll get to uh, I think those are their top three pitchers and then you have Josh James and Framber Valdez Josh James everyone is high on but he's never done it before. So like, he's still got to prove it And Flambert, Flambert Valdez. I don't know. And um, their, their pitching coach, um, the, the Astros pitching coach, he, he said he envisions Brian Abreu as being a, a 200 inning um, start, uh, starting pitcher. Um, maybe oh, not wow. this year, but yeah. um, next year. <laughs> I'm going to go with the under on that this year. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I think that's the under for anyone this year. Uh, right. Yeah. Good. Uh, good take there. Um, but I think he, he has, he has an outside shot of uh, being like a high leverage bullpen arm or a starting or a starting pitcher this year um just because of the astros are just so decimated so i have i i currently have i roster him on both my main event teams so maybe it's um confirmation bias on my end but um <laughs> what do you do you have any thoughts on uh Abreu before we get into any of this yeah pitches? i think uh i think he's interesting i i get where you're coming from um i'm just not seeing that that usage in him in either way though and he's got four walks to two strikeouts so far um they haven't been using him in high leverage. So I, I don't know. I, I think he could be an option in either of those roles, but it doesn't seem like they're maybe it's because they're kind of in between that. They don't know really where they, they're not committing one way or the other to where they want to put him. Um, but I, I don't think he'd be someone I'd stash. I think I'd be going for a, a speculative save guy or pick up a, a starter that you like to move forward here. Like a guy like David Peterson, for example. Right. So um, would you drop Abreu for a lot of those closers we talked about? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, those closers, unless you think, unless you like really think that Abreu is going to get saves there, I just don't. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you have to take shots on these, on these speculative closers where you can. Well, I think the thing with Abreu, he's taking up a valuable bench spot. And he, he, I sort of see him similar to how I saw Pomerantz as like a, a guy that has the outside, had a very outside shot at saves, but also could get, could, um, get you some very valuable, like, I guess, stats. Um, uh, I, I see him as a strikeout pitcher, even though maybe he's not shown it so far. Um, right. So he's sort of a harder guy. He, he sort of like falls in that Pomerant, Pomerant's range where he's a hard guy for me to drop personally. But um, on to his um, teammate, uh, Christian Javier. One of my main events, uh, Rob Silver, um, picked him up last week. So good for oh. him. And yeah. I've, I've been big on – I'm a big Christian Javier guy, so I'll tell you this. I'm going to put – I'm going to lay down some heavy bids for him today. Um, because I, I had him in a lot of DC. So I already owned him in like eight leagues because I drafted him uh, in eight different draft champions leagues, like in the, in the post 40 uh, round range, which I'm happy okay. about, obviously. That's good. Um, but um, he, he's available in one of my main, main events leagues. And um, I think I'm going to lay, lay down 300 plus for him. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> take the wind out of your sails, but uh, yeah, I, he, I read his, his write-up on pitcher list, um, and I kind of agreed with their assessment. Like he's, he's uh, I think he's going to have some inconsistencies. He looked really good, but... Dodgers. I, think, Dodgers. I know, I know. It was their first time seeing him. I think, one well, now that the tape's out on him, I, I don't think it's going to be that way moving forward as much. And I just don't see him as a guy pitching more than five innings any much at all. And his walk rate is bad. I know he didn't walk. I think he walked one against the Dodgers. I, I think that was an aberration. I mean, they swung at a lot of his stuff that uh, would have been balls and everything. I just, 
I don't think he has that command that you need from someone. I think he's going to end up blowing up a bit. Um, like I, I have David Peterson rated above him too. So David, uh, Peter, David Peterson on the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not nearly the same stuff as Javier, but he's, he's someone who I can depend on a lot more. And his schedule is phenomenal coming up. So I forget exactly what it is, but um, I know that they have some real nice, he has some real nice. Uh, did, he pitch today? Did, he, did he pitch today or yesterday? He did. Yeah. Yeah. He pitched today. I haven't, uh, looked at, I haven't looked at that box yet. So it looks like um, Braves won 4 nothing. And uh, he oh, went six, six innings, eight days, five hits, one, one walk. So he had a one whip, three earned runs. So those um, runs were based off of the um, you know, one home run. Yeah, Pete, uh, Camargo hit a hit a home run off of him. But anytime you know you're facing the Braves' offense, it's a pretty elite offense. So um, yeah. I don't know. I just I, I like him uh, a bit, and uh, he's not someone I'm going to go huge on. But as like a streamer, I, I like him a lot. And yeah, I, I just wrote I just wrote down his name on my uh, little cheat sheet that I'm going to start making my bids on. Former right. pick, I believe too. So, and then, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm going I'm to look a little deeper into Javier. Look, go on, go on pitch list, read the breakdown of Christian Javier. If you agree with it, then maybe change your mind. If, if you still want to go big on him, then fair enough. Maybe I'll temper my bid a bit. Um, but please, Zach was available in one of my leagues. It's a, it's a standalone auction league, just yeah. a 15 team with no overall. And he's available uh, along with Javier. So I think I'm going to put down a big bid on him because he also has two stars next week. Yeah. Now, he is a guy I would heavily invest in. Um, please, Zach is a guy that I love. Um, I, I mean, I, again, I, I always say, because PitcherList is so good at writing these, doing these write-ups, go look at what they have to say about guys because it's really useful. Um, but just from the eye test, he was doing everything right. I mean, everything was working for him. Um, you know, he didn't even walk a batter. His K rate was phenomenal. And the Indians love pushing their starters. So I – wanted to be heavily invested in the Indian starters, not because I'm an Indians fan, but because I know that they're like right off the bat, Savale, Bieber, they all went a hundred and a uh, hundred pitches um, or close to. And I knew that that was going to be the case. I knew them and the Rangers and the nationals to some degree all pushed their starters more than other teams. So I wanted to get those guys like Lance Lynn, you know, I wanted to get those guys who I knew were going to give me those innings because that's right, so yeah. valuable in the season. Um, and Savale and Plesak are for real. So um, I would definitely go big on him. Good to know. Um, Tyler Chatwood, how about him? Yeah, that, that caught me off guard. I, he was not someone I was remotely looking at this year at all. And I guess he's um, – I forget what it, what, what it is without looking, but I, I know he started using his I don't know, cutter more or something. I don't know. One of his pitches, again, read pitcher list. They do a breakdown of everybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't argue with it after two, two outings like that, you got to take a shot, right? I mean, I'm not looking at him in the same police X of all a level, but I would be interested. I would, I would put down a decent sized bid on him. He was drafted in my main event though. Oh, yeah. I think he, I think he might be available in a bunch of my leagues. Okay. Um, I would, I would look at that. What about Bubik? Or uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Like Bubik, like the, Bubik, the Bubik or whatever. I don't know, whatever. But he's he only went I think four four innings or whatever. But he he had some pedigree, um, and um, he, yep. he, he could he could he could show much better next time out. He could go. He could um, they they should uh, they could uh, let him go a little bit longer. Yeah, um, he's not someone I had interest in as of now. But if we're being honest, I haven't really uh, looked into him enough. Um, because he came straight from high A ball. I mean, like, 
because his numbers I'm looking now in A ball and, and high A ball were phenomenal. Um, yeah. A rate in high A wasn't super high. It was 9.74, which is solid, but usually you want uh, like the legit aces and stuff like are usually in the double digit range at least. Um, but he does, he has good control and he's in the right division. So as like a, a decent streamer kind of like, I don't know if they're going to push him with innings and everything. Like he went four innings and uh, even with Duffy, he only went four innings in his first outing. So, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to get the innings that you want out of him, but I think he's decent. You, know, you can throw it down on like a, $30, $20 bid on him and something like that. See if he pans out. Yeah. See if you don't get, if you, if you don't get Chatwood or Christian Javier. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'd still, you'd still prefer Javier over uh, Bubik, right? Yeah. I would go, I would definitely take a shot on Javier over Bubik for sure, but yeah. you're going to get Bubik for much less. So that's, that's the difference. How much do you, how much do you think Javier is going to go for on average? I think someone like you is going to be out there going, you know, he just shut down the Dodgers. I'm going to throw like a $300 bid on him. Yeah, I think most leagues he's going to be in that range. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, I know Vlad Sedler puts out a good article on what he thinks, and Jeff Zimmerman does it too. On what? So, uh, so does Matty Wood or <laughs> Matty Wood? Yep, yep. Yep. Matt Davis. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, I would I would check what what they think they're going to go for. Uh, I I just kind of internally from experiencing NFBC for 14 years have an idea, but uh, you never know. Every league's different too. Some leagues go big, some don't. Yeah. Now let's, let's, let's end off the episode uh, talking about some stashes on the rookies in terms of, I guess this, these would, these would be if you have that empty bench spot or a contingency bid, contingency bid, if you, if you, if you whip on everything else, uh, I never have any empty bench spots. I don't have enough bench spots. I could use like, I know, I know same, but, but I guess if you run out of money or something like that, um, yeah, yeah. but one, one guy, I guess, uh, before we get into Casey Mize, I want to talk about one last guy. Uh, okay. Casey Mize is a guy I drafted or uh, drafted or at least picked up on the first waiver run for both my mains because I, I, heard, I heard that um, um, a couple a uh, week or two ago I heard Gardenhire said that he can't come up he can't come up quick enough like I want him here now so okay. a, a lot of I other people that. a lot of other people I talked to said nah, I don't think he's going to be up because Tigers are shit whatever blah 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 but I'm like no yeah. Mize, Mize is coming up. And they had a bullpen day schedule. And now that they're winning games, you never know. You got to go for it, right? You might get all three of those guys up. My school I mean, and, and Manning. Yeah. I mean, if not now, when? Because it's not like they're going to compete in a full season. So if you if you have a good start to a short season, you got to go for it. This might be the best chance the Tigers ever have to win a World Series in, I mean, in, in the in next exist- year. In their yeah. existence. Um, <laughs> just based on their start. <laughs> um, one guy, one guy, I wanted to talk to you about today, and just he just came into. I think you're gonna, probably going to be able to guess who it is. He just came in on my radar today. Yeah, I think I do. Who do you think I'm going to talk about? Monty Harrison. No. Well, no? No, I, yeah. Oh no, I was I was going to talk about him, but no, on the Tigers. I really. Um, oh, on the Tigers. Tyler 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 Alexander. He struck oh. out, he, he struck out the first. I nine batters. struck out ten today in like under four innings. Yeah. Yeah. He he struck out the first nine batters he faced. And then, um, and then he walked. Uh, then he walked about, or then he struck out ten, and then he walked a guy or something. I think he had ten strikeouts, one walk, in like three point two. Wow! So I'm like, that caught my eye. Yeah, um, I'm trying to look him up right now because I uh, honestly was he was someone who was not on my radar before today, like you said. So um, yeah, but he's uh, he's not like a is he a rookie? Because he was he's like twenty six something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, he's something like that, but I'm not sure exactly. Okay, so he was up a little bit last year. Um, he had eight starts in 13 games. The thing is, though, like, he's never shown – well, 
in triple a last year he had a close to 10 k per nine rate yeah, I think I think I saw that. I looked at his his, his stats either from last year or the minor leagues. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, he's he's kind of interesting. Um, I I just I'm curious why he only went three and two thirds. How many how many pitches did he throw? He's probably pretty. Well, he, no, he came in relief. He was. Uh, oh, okay. He came okay. In, in relief today. Okay. Yeah, and uh, wasn't Daniel Norris supposed to pitch today too? I think he's pitching now, like in the second okay. part of the second pass, second part of the double header. I think I forget who started the Tigers game today. But either way, oh, no. it was someone like Roni Garcia or something. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's another guy, like, kind of like Bubich. Maybe I, I might put him over Bubich even. Like, I don't know if he stretched out enough, but I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing in terms of, like, I, I love the guys with good command and control, but who also show some ability to get strikeouts. And he he didn't pre last year, like, in like 2015 and 2018, he was like a, six strikeout per nine guy in the minors or seven. Like then he jumped up to 9.88 strikeouts per nine last year in triple a came up and he was at 7.88, which not as high his first start or well, I guess he didn't start, but he played three, he pitched three games in relief so far this year. And he, his Cape per nine was not great, but I don't, I don't know. Are they going to put him in the rotation though? Because it, I didn't realize that he had pitched that much already as a reliever. So he's been in three different games before today. Uh, pitching one and two thirds, two innings, and then a third of an inning. So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to get, I don't know if they're going to put him in a rotation spot. They might like him as that long relief guy. Right. Okay. So um, yeah, I don't know about him. I, I think I, I might like, he might be a contingency like buck or two in case I yeah. just fill a roster spot, but I, I need, I'll, I'll need to see more. Um, yeah. So the other, yeah, like you're right on Monty Harrison and we know that he's going to be up and a couple guys that I'm looking at are him uh, Mackenzie Gore, I think he's rostered. Um, uh, Mize, um, I think Mize is a must get. I think Gore, I think I st- you still need to stay. You're talking about leagues that can you can pick up guys whenever because in NFBC you can't pick those guys up until they get called up. Well, yeah, you know, okay, you're right because I, I, you know, I, I get, the first week you can, and then after that you can't. So like this week, you're not going to be able to pick up Monty Harrison if he's available. Right, because yeah, because I asked, uh, I actually, I asked about that to Derek today. I asked, him, okay. like, yeah. what's going on with Harrison? I want to pick him up. You, you can't grab him, but Mize, you could. And um, go Mize, you can pick. Oh, was he drafted and then dropped? Well, I don't know because I have him in both my one of the one of the mains I drafted him in, and then one well, yeah, of the, you you can draft whoever you want, and and once a player's been drafted, they stay in the pool. But if nobody drafts a player after the first waiver wire. Uh, period in the second one if they're in the minor still or whatever we have this year not the minors but you know not on the team on the roster you can't pick them up okay so I wonder what happened with Mize because I, I think I picked I, I picked him up in off in waivers. week one in the first week of waivers you can pick him up yeah okay but then not not going forward it's like if Mize is available right now in someone's league you can't pick him up yet okay um so what about like um, – and these are just guys that might have been dropped, like um, Alec Baum and Gavin Lux, and then the two catchers, Barton Varsho. Um, those guys, um, what's, your le- what's your level of interest in them? It's so hard to stash people given what's going on. I don't know anything about – I mean, the Phillies, no, no shit. I mean, I don't know what they're doing because they haven't even played in a long time. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you should stash Baum or not, to be honest with you. I, I'd have to – it's not something that I myself have looked into. I'd be doing like deep Twitter searches on him if I was interested in them, see what you can come up with. 
you know, look at the Philly beat writers, see what they're saying. Um, who was the other position player other than the catchers? Um, I said Baum, Lux, Bar- Lux. Bar- Barsho. Yeah. Um, so, so Lux, they said recently that he he's probably coming up soon. Um, I still expect him to hit, like, the back half of the lineup, seven through nine, somewhere in there, and uh, probably platoon against righties only. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, he was dropped in one of my leagues, uh, yeah. one, of, one of my NFBC leagues. I don't remember if it was the TGFBI. Should probably would have been. Um, that makes I sense. I don't, I don't know, uh, but uh, I want to. I, I want to put down a bid on him, but he might. But I might just be pri- have to prioritize other people over him. So it's, that's the thing. I just. I, this is not the year to stash people, honestly. Like, this is the year to have lots of available bats. I was just about to say, like, make sure a lot of your contingency bids this week are for bats because you need to make sure you have several guys you can put in your lineup just in case because you never know who's going to go down with COVID or an injury or the whole team gets quarantined or pauses their season. And the worst thing you can do is take zero. So make sure you get, like, viable bats in there right now. Um, so am I am I dropping am I dropping Mackenzie Gore? You you have to do a search on him, man, because I I haven't really looked into him. Unless you hear something about his call up is imminent, I would. Hmm, that's so tough. I know, but that's the thing. Like everybody, like I get like the appeal of wanting to hold on to these prospects because you think that they can be so great and everything, but you don't know when they're going to come up. And even if they come up, they might not be that great. And how many innings are they going to get? You know, like here at Richards is only going five, six innings. I don't know if Mackenzie Gore is going to go over four. Yeah. So I, I just, I tend to stay away from that kind of stuff. I, you can really only st- only stash like one guy, the other six guys, you really need to be guys that you can put in if you need to. True. True. That's tough. That's, 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 it part, is. that's part of the learning of these main events for me. It is. Yeah. Um, what, and then you said, sorry, Barton Varsha, real quick. So yeah, not getting any playing time, but he's super interesting because if they do find playing time for him, he's a he's he's just a guy with a real good skill set that I like, and he's catcher eligible, and he's going to be playing some outfield. But unless he plays enough for it to matter, I I don't know. I don't know if that's a guy that you want to stash or not. I think it's viable to, but right now he's been up for a couple of games and he's not started yet. Bart is a guy who they were talking about calling up, and then I later saw they said the call up is not imminent now. So he's. I'd rather have, I'd rather have Bart than Varsho just because he once he's up he's going to get the playing time. I think. You think so? Yeah, I think because they, I, they don't they I don't think, have a, they don't have any other options at catcher. I know they I know the guy's doing okay there. What was it? Heineken? Yeah, I I feel like they're still going to split it up with him and someone else. Like I think the only catcher really is there's only a couple catchers are going to be playing we're close to every day like JT Realmuto, but. Um, I don't know. I personally probably wouldn't stash him, but uh, I, I get the thought process for sure. Right. Um, so to, to, uh, I know you, I know you said you got to go. Then in these last two minutes, I want to talk to you about um, um, one other guy is Kevin Crone because Jake Lamb's just shitting the bed. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I dropped him off one of my teams last week because obviously he's in the minor leagues, but I think, I think something's got to give there in, in Arizona. Um, yeah, I, I, I've always been a Kevin Crone guy. Like I, I love his, his monster power. And, uh, I know that they're giving him at bats against lefties, but if he can find a way to get at bats against righties, that's really interesting too. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's, uh, I remembered hearing that about lamb recently that, you know, he's pretty much done with getting playing time now. So what are they uh, gonna do? maybe, maybe Varsho slides in somewhere. 
that's the thing. That's uh, I don't know if it's going to be Varsho or Crone or what. Um, and I should probably look at what their lineup was today. I don't know if you saw. Did they play today? Um, they did play, but I don't know if they. I'm going to look at the lineup right now. Let's see. So Lamb Lamb sat and they played Vargas and they put Escobar as a DH. Oh, so Crone is not. He, it's my uh, this Crone, thing says Crone, Crone got sent down, so I don't know if they can call yeah. him up after a certain period of time. Yeah, um, I would normally say that this makes me think more of Varsho, but he's now been up for four games and they haven't started him yet. So, yeah. uh, it's like Ildemaro Vargas is getting a lot of this playing time now. So, um, yeah, that's not going to last, I don't think. Although I just realized it was against lefties the last two days, so maybe uh, maybe they'll start Varsho against righties. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's this. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think I can speculate on Crone right now again because no, just, I, I, can't, I can't. I can't waste a bench spot on him at this point. No, you really can't. Like that's the thing. You really just need to pick the one stash that you really, really want, and just stick with that. And the rest of your other six in NFBC need to be playable. Right. And and the last thing here is just uh, the Marlins. Like half their team's gone. So I'm I'm wondering. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm just throwing names out there. Sixto Sanchez. Jorge Guzman, who has closer stuff or starter stuff, and then Edward Cabrera, who's been awesome in the minor leagues. All these are like prospect guys, like for dynasty leagues, but they might be for the NFBC main event this year because they're good talents. Um, you're going to get them for a dollar probably if you want them. Well, are they on the roster though? Because I don't know that you'll be able to pick them up in FBC. Oh yeah, um, well, I want to do a quick check. That's a good. That's a good. I don't think any of them are going to be on the roster. So. Um... Like I don't, I know, I know they're talking about calling out Monty Harrison, but I don't think yeah, he, yeah, you can't uh, get him either. Right? Yeah. So you're not gonna be able to do it yet. You, but this week you'll see who they call up, because um, like you're saying, a lot of those guys probably will need to be used this year. So yeah, none, none of those guys. You're right. So yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm used to other. I'm not used to this. So yeah, um, no, it's different. I know compared to most leagues. So. Yeah, so those guys, those guys, yeah, you just I guess put on your radar for for this week. Yeah, see, exactly. see, if they're, see if they're called up. So keep on your radar, exactly. Yep. So I know that you said you had to go. You have a time limit, but um, Dave, thanks very much for coming on. This is great. This is very. This is probably a very informative uh, episode. Talked yeah, a lot about I the, all the it, exactly. and, and Yeah, thanks for No problem. So um, uh, check out high high stakes heat um rotosaurus.com so dave thanks very much and you can find tell tell everyone where they can can find you on twitter you can find me at run dmcd on twitter um i am pretty visible out there so you'll 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 see me (laughs) yeah i I always see you around but um thanks for thanks again very much and yeah yeah, good luck on fab tonight thank you you too all right all right bye 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 You catch me sleeping on him, huh?